Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Feels like a pretty big day. It really does. I mean, I don't want to overdo it, but, you know, if it was, if the Steelers had the number one pick in the draft and took a quarterback. Let's say they had Caleb Williams and tonight was his first exhibition game. Think of Pickett's first exhibition game. Remember when he came in late and had that great finish? I mean, this is a big deal today. And John Perotto is on the Sullivan Super Service fan hotline providing trusted plumbing and HVAC service for over 50 years. Johnny, I'm assuming that you're in Florida and covering the game today, but then again, you could be in Beaver County. Where are you? I'm in Beaver County, unfortunately. I was there the first week, and then I'm going back for the last week. I, I don't control the budget, unfortunately, but I would like to be there. Well, Certainly, it'd be fun to see Paul Skeen's first time in a Pirates uniform. City limits would have paid for you to stay, but I'm glad <laughs> you're going back. Tell us, I mean, what's that? what do you expect to see here today? What was it like seeing this guy up close in spring training how significant is this? Just just your feelings on the whole Skeens experience today and moving forward. Well, uh, first thing you can't help but notice, he's a very large human being. He's a very big man. But he, uh, I, I like him. The times I talk to him, uh, he's, he's a personable sort. He's intelligent. He's, he's got a pretty good sense of humor, it seems like. And my one concern was, you know, he's, he's in the celebrity relationship with Libby Dunn, the uh, Instagram sensation and the gymnast at LSU. And we I, mentioned that uh, earlier, and, and uh, that was after she broke up with City Limits, but go ahead. That's correct. <laughs> well, anyway, I, I, so I had a little bit of trepidation that maybe this guy would be think he was big time, but he's really not. He's very humble and very friendly, and, uh, and I, I just think uh, I had a real good vibe being around him for a week and, and having a chance to uh, talk to him one-on-one uh, -on -one a couple of times during that period, too. I, I just had a really good feeling that this guy uh, really gets it. He's a sharp guy, and he seems to me that he wants to live up to the hype very much. If you think about it, John, uh, John when you look at – his ability to throw, his arm, uh, he's a power pitcher, all that other stuff. Everybody, you know, won't, is clamoring for him to be here. Won't he be on, like, an innings and pitch count for basically this year? Isn't it going to be one of these things where they're going to treat his arm like it's, you know, it's fragile and they're not going to let him uh, pitch a ton uh, anyway? 
No, yeah, I, w- I would agree, Paul. He, he pitched 130 innings in college last year, or 122, I should say, 130 total between college and, and pro ball. So I doubt if they would extend him too much, maybe to 150, 160 innings this year. So he won't be totally under wraps, but uh, they also won't push him or overwork him too. They will, will certainly want to monitor his workload because, you know, the college season – you know, he played against very good competition in college, obviously, in the SEC and went to the College World Series and won it. But it's a whole different animal when you go to spring training, beginning of February, and the season runs through the end of September. And uh, it's you have to pace yourself differently, and you've got to watch those guys' innings limits a little more because they're not used to pitching competitively for, you know, nearly eight months. John Parado on the Sullivan Super Service Fan Hotline. So I was reading Jim Bowden, I think, in The Athletic, and he said he said that he hears the Pirates are going to take it slowly with Skeens, but he said, I wouldn't be surprised to see him as early as September. Johnny, that feels late, not early. What are you hearing? When do you think we'll see him? It feels late to me too, Joe. I, I mean, this guy – is considered the best college pitching prospect since Steve Strasburg. And now, you know, so that's over 10 years since Strasburg, almost 15 since he came out of San Diego State. I mean, this guy's an advanced pitcher. He's got a, you know, a good pitch mix. He's very mature. He's succeeded uh, greatly at the highest level of college baseball. I I don't see him being in the minor leagues until September. I I could see maybe all-star break at the latest, and I would think before that, I think probably as they are want to do, they'll probably keep him down long enough that he can't get to arbitration eligibility until a year later than he should. But I would think I'd be surprised if he's not here by June. And like I said, I, I think the latest would be the all-star break in the middle of July. Is it obvious that if he's sent down, it'll be to triple A and not double A or, or could he go start at double A? They're playing it close to the vest. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes to double A, but maybe just for a few starts to kind of, you know, get his feet on the ground. Because last year when he was in pro ball, he only pitched one inning at a time. So it's going to be a little bit different for him this year. He's actually going to be like a regular starting pitcher. So I would I would say probably Altoona, for, but not for very long. And, and then he'll go to Indianapolis and, and then eventually to Pittsburgh at some point this year. John, do you think that they have a ch- any chance at all if the starters that they have, and of course I think they've got three that they probably can rely on and they've got to find a couple more, but say the starting rotation is reasonably good uh, or good enough to give them opportunities to win and, and stay in the hunt, is there any chance they could, uh, because of what we talked about before, innings count and everything else, do what they've, you know, do what, uh, they did with, Tampa, uh, with uh, David Price and, and bring them out of the bullpen first? You know, that's a possibility, Paul. It's something they haven't really, uh, you know, said publicly, but but it is something to think about because, like you said, you know, Price started in the minor leagues, and when they did bring him to the minors, uh, you know, that was a a good way to to keep his pitch count down. And and if you recall, uh, that was 2008, and Price got some very big outs in the regular season and playoffs. It helped Tampa Bay get to the World Series that year. So, yeah, I think you can co- compare schemes to Price in that regard, and and think that you know he could uh, that could be one uh, good way to 
indoctrinate him into the big league balls, throwing him out of the bullpen. It used to be, long, long, long time ago, pretty much how all major league pitchers started off. They started in the bullpen and then moved into a starting role. You kind of eased them into the big leagues instead of throwing them completely into the fire. Talking to John Perotto here, has been covering the Pirates and doing it as well as anybody for a long time. Uh, Who Needs a Restart, presented by locally owned Restart IT Services. Expect more from your IT company. Go to callrestart.com. And it's 12.15 right now. Time to stop blindly paying those increasing auto and home insurance premiums. Contact the Buell Insurance Agency in Gibsonian. See what they can do for you. Johnny, I have some very exciting news for you. You ready for this? Yes. You've been named the Pirates' new manager, and you don't <laughs> and you don't have to listen wow. to, to any of the analytics people. So it's time to make your opening day lineup. You're going against uh, a righty, Jesus Lazardo. Let's just say this lefty. This lefty oh, okay. op- open the season. Okay. Ooh, opening day. Tough on me here. Opening ooh, day, ooh, Johnny. Ooh, ooh, ooh. What's your batting order in your lineup? Let's go. Okay. okay. Wow. First off, if they make me manager, they're in even worse shape than I thought. But anyway, I'd I'd go with Key Brian Hayes leadoff. I I know a lot of people say O'Neill Cruz, but I thought thought Hayes did a really good job at leadoff and seemed real comfortable last year. Then I think I would go with – I know this is a little different than they will, but I think I'd go with Brian Reynolds second. I, I just think he's their overall best hitter, and I would go with him second and uh you know, it's interesting here. Uh, you could go a lot of different ways after that. I, I think I would go O'Neill Cruz third because of his raw power and the fact that he can steal some bases. Then I'd probably go with Jackson Winsky fourth. You know, I, I know people are down because uh, on his batting average, but he did pop 24, 25 home runs somewhere in that range last year. So he has the power and he can drive in runs. And, you know, after that, uh, it's a little dicey. I guess Rowdy Telez, I would bat fifth at first base, though maybe not against the left-hander. I might play Connor Joe, actually, against a lefty to start the season. Uh, then I would, uh, who I really like is Edward Oliveros. Uh, he had a really good finish with the Royals last year. The Pirates got him in a minor trade over the winter. And he's been impressive down the, in Florida here in the early going. And I got a chance to see him. And granted, it was only batting practice when – when I saw him, but but he's certainly the ball jumps off his bat, and and there's a chance maybe the Pirates have found something with him there. And uh, then I would go seven. I would go with uh, Hank Davis. Hank, uh, no, Hank, Hank's going to Indianapolis in my estimation. Let me move McCutcheon up to four, and then drop the other guys down. I totally forgot about Andrew McCutcheon, our most visible player, such as how much how good of a manager I would be. And then eight and nine, I would go with Osmani Grandal eight and Leover Pagero nine. And that would be my starting lineup. We had Mackie on the other day. He thinks that Triolo is going to win the second base job. Do you agree with that? I think it's possible. I know they like him. And, you know, he played pretty darn well when he got called up last year uh, from Indy. I mean, he, you know, they were, they were kind of by, by – the time he came up, the Steelers were in camp, so a lot of people weren't paying attention to the Pirates as much then. But I was impressed. They played him all over the field, and he, he, he's a good defender, you could tell. And the thing I liked about him is he, he gets on base. He, he has a good on-base percentage. He's uh, 
He'll, he's willing to take a walk. He's willing to work the count. And you don't see that in guys that young as being as good as he is at plate patience. So, I, I mean, I'm not ready to say he's going to win it. I still think in my mind, over Pagaro is still the favorite to win it. But I certainly wouldn't rule Triolo out either because he uh, made a very favorable impression last year. Well, I think the big thing there is <laughs> you think Henry Davis is starting in Indianapolis? Yeah, and here's why, Paul. This is why I think this. Okay, it, they, it's pretty clear, regardless if they won't come right out and say it, that Yosemite Grandal is going to be their primary catcher this year. So you have either Henry Davis or Jason DeLay or Ali Sanchez, who they signed over the winter to uh, as a free agent. One of those three would be the backup catcher. I, I find that if you're going to develop Henry Davis and hope that he can be a regular, I don't think – I mean, they already tried to develop him by playing him in right field last year, which I'll never figure out. I think you have to play him more than twice a week. And to do that, you have to send him to Indianapolis because if you're going to play Grandal four or five days a week, that doesn't leave many at-bats for Davis. So that's why I think he's going to Indianapolis where he can be a regular catcher and, and really keep continue to work on his defense. Wow. Man, man, I'd love to be working the ticket phones the day they send down Hank and Paul Skeens <laughs> and Skeens both to Indy. I guess the Indy ticket phones I'd like to be working. Right. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> In fact, I think I would probably rather drive to Indy uh, with those two guys are down there, right? Absolutely. Yes. It'd be fun. Hopefully. We'll, we'll go in May and we could catch the 500. Yeah. That, that's a great point. Uh, I mean, seriously, <laughs> if you had a choice to go watch opening day with Skeens pitching to Hank Davis in Indy, <laughs> you go there, right? And, 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 and hell, throw the, the, the young kid that hit the home runs the other day. Put him on that, on that, on that team, too. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, Johnson. maybe they'll make it easy on – you know what, John? Maybe they'll make it easy on guys like you and they'll send both of those guys to Altoona. So you only got an hour and a half or a two-hour yeah, drive to go see yeah. him. <laughs> Exactly. It's a little bit more convenient on the travel side to go to Altoona. But, uh, yeah, it will be interesting to see uh, how these uh, rosters shake out with the minor league teams as well. I know everybody in Tusk Fibley so, you know, focuses on who's going to make the big league team. But they have some decisions to make, too, on their minor league guys, uh, if, whether they're going to start them off in Indy or Altoona. Now, did you say you would put McCutcheon at cleanup? Because is that what you said? Yeah. Here's the thing, Johnny in my not-so-humble and ill-informed opinion, is if you still have McCutcheon batting cleanup, then you haven't arrived yet, I don't think. Yeah. They need one more power hitter. And, I mean, they have, whether that develops within with Hank Davis or, or what, but, I mean, right now, that means that there are two glaring needs is they need one more reliable big league starting pitcher and they need somebody, not necessarily a guy that's going to hit 30 or 40 home runs, but somebody you could reasonably expect to hit 20 home runs. And they, they need one more of those kind of guys in the lineup, and, and they don't, they're don't they a little short in that department. Yeah, well, against righties, I mean, obviously you're bringing in Telez. That, yeah. that helps a little bit. And, you know, I mean, again, we saw a little bit of more power from Cabrian Hayes down the stretch last year, so maybe – you know, he continues to do that. I think there are some areas where they could get some home runs, but 
to have to piece them and string them together every single night. Yeah. That, that's why it's so important that O'Neill Cruz plays, stays healthy, and becomes that 30, 35 home run guy. It would be big for them, no doubt, because, you know, the, to, to add his home, if he, if he could hit 30, and I think certainly, I don't think that's unrealistic to think he could hit 30 just by accident because of his power, that would be quite a boost to the Pirates. And I think, and I'm in this boat too, I think everyone kind of underestimated how much they missed O'Neill Cruz last year, mainly because he, you know, he got hurt in the second week of the season, so he wasn't around all year. But I think that made a difference. I mean, they, they obviously couldn't replace him. You don't have anybody with that kind of talent. And I think it, it did hurt the record a little bit last year. John, let's say there's a rainout on the opening day, so that means they have to play like you know, they don't get that uh, they don't get that day off after. So they have to play five straight days. Who are your five pitchers right now? Is your, who are the five? Obviously, start with Keller pitching the first day. Who is the, who is spots two through five? I would say Keller, then Martin Perez. Then you want to split the lefties up. So I'd go with Luis Ortiz, who I, I think is going to end up making the starting rotation. I, I liked what I saw of him in his bullpens. And, and since I've been back, I've heard nothing but good things from people that are still down in Bradenton. I'm going to go with him as the third starter. Marco Gonzalez is the fourth starter. And I think you, I think, and I, and I hate, openers and i hate that whole situation for openers and ball for levers but i think that's what the fifth spot couldn't end up being it could be a, a guy like josh fleming a lefty who they sign maybe he'll start maybe he'll be come in and relief after uh, after a right-hander opens uh you know they have chase anderson who at least will get a chance to to make the team i, I think quinn priester with a good spring he could be that fifth starter and certainly ronzi Contreras, i I wouldn't count him out. He uh, he lost weight and, you know, to use the old spring training cliches in the best shape of his life. And I know they were impressed with how he came into camp. So we'll see. He didn't pitch all that well the other day against the Blue Jays. Who's that, but Johnny? I think they have candidates. Uh, Rowan T. Contreras. Oh, yeah. How about this kid, Jared Jones, that everybody's raving about? You know, you look at him, he's not physically imposing, and you wouldn't think he's a hard thrower, but, boy, he, he can bring it in the high 90s. And, uh, you know, I, I really saw a lot of maturity in him. I talked to him last year in spring training, and it was hard to get two words out of him. He seemed really timid and really shy. And, and this year when I approached him, I couldn't get him to shut up. I Like, I, you know, <laughs> well, I got to go now, Jared. Nice talking with you. Let me ask so, you this. You know, Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, he seems to really have gained confidence after having a really good year in the minor leagues last year and finishing up the trip away. Yeah, I'm sort of intrigued by him. I I can't get the Hank Davis thing out of my mind here. Um, what if this guy hits the hell out of the ball in spring training? Do you still think he'll go down? And here, more to the point is this: Andy Rodriguez is still their long-term answer at catcher, right? So, yeah. what what would be the yeah. purpose of sending Hank Davis to Indy to go learn the catching trade when he's not even going to be your long-term option anyway? Presumably, it, none of it none of it makes sense. None of it makes sense, and I tell you what makes the most sense in my mind. And anytime I brought it up to anybody in pirate management, they immediately shoot it down. The one position where they really have nobody in the farm system that you can say, "Wow." He's he's the future here as a first baseman, and it would seem with his power 
And I mean, he's he's not a great athlete, but certainly he's good enough to be become a decent defensive first baseman. And why they don't move him to first base is beyond me, because that's where they really need somebody for the long term. Why do they shoot it down? What's their reasoning? They just say that he's going to be a catcher first, and uh, you know they don't really they they just shoot it down. They don't give any reason. They just. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, they don't like maybe because it's my idea and they hate me. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the thing about it is if Davis can't catch, if it just after, you know, they re- they realize he's just not a good catcher. He better hit and you bring him up. I mean, is he your DH? Why are what? we still asking this question? But because it's like it, if they drafted Kenny Pickett and said, well, it's like Tebow. But again, well, if he can't play quarterback, maybe we'll try him at tight end seven years in. But, but the bottom what did they draft here? Right, exactly. Did they draft a catcher or a first Joe, baseman? that's the point I'm trying to make. What is going on with Hank Davis? That's my point. They used 1-1 on this guy, and they have no idea what he is. That's the point. And so my point is, you know, if he's not, because they used 1-1 on him, if his bat plays – I guess you can use him as a DH, but that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. You know what I mean? So, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, we, we saw him in right field last year. It, it wasn't very good. I don't know. Could he play first base, John? I I don't know. I don't know. They they don't want to get. They don't want to try him there. I don't understand why they don't try him there. And why not do it now in spring training? Why not start having him take some ground balls at first base? Get him into a couple of these exhibition games in Florida at first base and see what he can do. But like I said, they shoot it down every time, and yet they never give any concrete reason why they don't think he can be a first baseman. Well, what did he look like to you as he was catching, and what were people saying about his catching in spring? Mackey says he's I mean, catching. He, he looks good. I thought he looked good. I mean, again, you know, when I was there, it was before the game started, so he's mainly catching, you know, bullpens and live batting practice. But it wasn't like every ball was going to the backstop or anything when he was catching. <laughs> you know, it's not like I'm back there trying to catch 95 miles an hour with the ball moving. But I, uh, you know, I, it, I, I feel bad for the kid because, you know, people are already labeling him bust. And he, I'll say this, he's as hard or harder of a worker than anybody in that organization. The guy is like 12 months a year baseball. He doesn't take time off in the off season. He's one of the first guys, if not the first guy at the ballpark every day. He's one of the last to leave, and he, he truly loves baseball. I was asking that. I said, you really love this, don't you, one day in spring training? He just smiled, and he's a very serious guy, and he doesn't smile very often. And he goes, thanks for noticing. I told him, I said, yeah, it really comes through. So, I mean, the guy loves the game. He works at it. I think he's going to do everything he can to be the best player he can be. But I I just don't know, talent-wise, if he's going to be that guy that they were hoping. And I hope he is. How about this? How about this idea? Tell him to focus on hitting. Tell Tell him he's your everyday DH. He's going to hit, and then on the side, he can have a special catching. Inst- I'm serious <laughs> about this, and learn the catching trade on the side. I, I don't get. I really don't give a crap what he does defensively. You draft a guy that high. Granted, catching's a premium position, but you draft a guy that high because of his bat. He can leave his glove in his car if he can hit. I don't care. Have him be the DH every day then, and learn catching on the side. Then what are you doing with catching? I don't know. He's not going to be around long anyway. No, I'm just saying. Spot you, starts. Again, you brought him Pinch back. Pinch hitter. I get that, but you brought him back basically to beat DH. So, my point is at that point, 
But I agree with you, Joe. It, it doesn't make sense because Andy Rodriguez is hurt this year. It doesn't right. make sense to put him in, in in Indianapolis. But it's 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 just, it's I guess, John, it's kind of frustrating for people because you know he he was the, a first round pick, uh, the one uh, number one overall, and his bat should play. But if you can't get him in the lineup, what difference does it make if he can hit 400 or if he hits, you know, 100? Exactly. And and if he's not a catcher, then he's really got to, like you alluded to earlier, Paul, then he's really got to be a power hitter if he's going to be a DH and not a 20-homer-a-year guy. But he's got to develop into a 30-, 35-homer-a-year guy if he ends up being a DH, and especially as young as he still is. If he, goes, if he moves into that spot full-time, He's got to hit and hit a lot. This is going to be unbelievable today. <laughs> Corbin Burns is pitching, and my nephew, who's a giant Orioles fan, says they're only holding back a little bit. They have most of their big guns in there. You have uh, who's the Holiday Kid, who was a number one pick. You have Skeens. This is better than the World Series, Johnny. Wasn't wasn't Corbin Burns? Wasn't he the third baseman for that team in Major League? <laughs> the Indian, the Indians in Major League. Oh no, it's Corbin Benson. Never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> Johnny, this is the game of the year. <laughs> yeah. It's too bad city limits didn't pay your fare to go cover this one. I know. I, sh- I should have had a GoFundMe page. If I knew that Paul Keith was pitching today, I would have started one. Thank you, Johnny. This was great stuff. I hope we can catch up often this season. <laughs> Anytime, Joe and Paul. I appreciate it. Good talking with you guys. All right. Good job, John. How great is he? Huh? Oh yeah, I love it. It's fun. He's, he's the best. Yeah, he's and the other thing is, man, he's been around for how long? I mean, he he's decades seen it all. and decades he's and decades. He's seen it all. He has seen it all for sure. He makes Ron Cook look at, look like uh, he's he's a cub reporter. You know what I mean? Yeah, Johnny. Yeah, Johnny's been. I mean, listen, he's been around baseball. He's been there through the through the uh, um, uh, the lean years. I mean, but I, I think he was he was there in the eighties. Can I yeah. tell, I'll tell you a funny John Prado story, and I laugh. I've ne- I'll never laugh so hard, right? So we were, you know, with the Post Gazette. Obviously, I work with the Post Gazette, and and um, I was sent over. Now this was way back, maybe ten years ago, fifteen years. I don't even know what it was. I mean, ten and eleven years, ago, whatever it was. Probably more than that, fifteen maybe. I don't know. So I was sent over there to go to the the press box. And it was one of these things where the Pirates apparently were angry at a couple of the beat reporters or something. Mm -hmm. So they leaked it to our guy that Jason Bay was going to be an all-star. So, of course, we write the story, Jason Bay all-star, you know, sources say Jason Bay all-star. So Parado, he's <laughs> sitting in in the press box. Listen, I I don't know why it was so funny, but he's sitting in the press box, and literally about every like I don't know, ten minutes, he would just blurt out, "Jason Bay All Star." What do you think of that, Jason Bay All Star? And he would look down, you know, where uh, the the media guys sit at the end of the right. He'd look their way. Hey, Jason Bay All Star. Anybody else in here know that Jason Bay All Star? I never. If the thing was, 
He kept going every single time he did it. I said, okay, next time it's not going to be funny. Okay, you've proven your point. It was funny every single time he did it. I, I never laughed. This is one of my favorite moments in a press box because it was one of those things where I could, I could see the other guys were frustrated that it was leaked to our guy. You know, oh, yeah. but it, but you he, know he he he, he, <laughs> well, know, he goes yeah. into boil mode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, a beautiful he, thing. But 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 the thing about it is these these media relations people they do that stuff. You know, every so often they're mad at you, so they're going to give it to me. You know, <laughs> and, and, and the, that's maybe the only time, the first time, you know, I've seen where he was openly mocking them and making sure that everybody in the press box <laughs> knew that. he was mocking them. It was tremendous. Anyway, let's talk. Let's talk about <laughs> nil coming. Up. No, not. NIL, the, the college football playoff expanding to a trillion teams where this leaves everybody. Let's talk about a little, because that's a story right now. We'll get into Penguin talk for tonight. Brian Russ now on IR. All of this as the trade deadline approaches. <laughs> Jason uh, Bay All-Star! <laughs> did I give away the four tickets this hour yet, City Limits? I think you did. Yeah, we have four more soon. Like now. Let's, yes. let's do four tickets to the 2024 Pittsburgh Home and Garden Show. At the David L. Lawrence Convention Center, March 8th through the 17th. Caller number four to our dear friend, City Limits. Fan text line brought to you by Edgar Snyder and Associates, personal injury law firm, where they always say, there's never a fee unless we get money for you. Got to have good text today for texts in the city. Fan Twitter brought to you by South Hills Kia Peters Township. Visit them at southhillskia.net. And we have a TNT Thursday here on... uh, Fandle with the NBA, and what we have is Knicks Warriors. That's what we have, and I'm very excited for this game, and Steph Curry's been in a slump, so I bet you his over-under tonight is a little bit low. Well, you know what? Steph likes to go to New York. I know that. I think he set the all-time three-point record there for most in history uh, just a couple years ago. So go over. That would be my advice. No sweat, same game parlay from FanDuel in partnership with Valley Forge. Doesn't matter if you're new to FanDuel, already have an account. You'll get bonus bets bets back if your same game parlay doesn't win on any NBA on TNT game. That's a pretty good deal. Same game parlay is a perfect way to combine your bets for a chance to score a bigger payday. So just head to FanDuel.com slash Starkey to bet the NBA with a no-sweat same game parlay with TNT Thursdays. That's FanDuel.com slash Starkey, 21-plus present in Pennsylvania. Minimum three-leg parlay required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Max refund $5 unless otherwise specified. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Austin Bechtel with your fan headlines. We are less than half an hour away from Paul Skeens' first spring training game with the Pirates. Here's how the lineup stacks up. Cruz, Sawinski, Hayes, Telez, Davis, Oliveres, Peguero, Smith and & Jigba, and Gonzalez. Henry Davis is the one catching Paul Skeens. Headlines are powered by Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville. Now open for more, go to 937thefan.com. And now here's Paul Zeiss. It's Paul Zeiss, guys, dealing with ED is miserable. New Flow Men's Health is the area's leader in treating erectile dysfunction uh, successfully. There are no pills. There are no injections. There are no games. Get your confidence back by contacting New Flow Men's Health at 412 412- Seven eight four nine thousand. That's four one two seven eight four nine thousand. Or visit us at newflowmenshealth.com. That is N U F L O Men's Health.com.
Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. All right, Pauly Pavilion. What did we make of this uh, Penguin win the other night? I see Brian Rust on IR now. Not sure about Gensel and his return. Do you think that was a glimmer of hope? Do you think they build on that? Do you think they beat Seattle? Then they have back-to-back games, Calgary and Edmonton. And then they're home for Washington and Columbus. And then and then it's the trade deadline. I think it's trending in the direction of, for better or worse, Kyle Dubas is, they're going to convince Kyle Dubas not to break up the team and maybe add a piece. That's the trend. I, I think we're headed in that direction. And that worked out really, 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 really well for the Pirates. Because wasn't that how the Chris Archer trade came about? Adding when you weren't good enough to add? Well, I remember, they, didn't they win a bunch of games right before the trade deadline? Yeah. If I'm, mista- yeah, if I'm not that. mistaken, it was like, oh, we're going to sell, we're going to sell, we're going to sell. It and can then, be deceiving, right? And then they won a bunch of games in a row or whatever right before the trade deadline. And the next thing you know, they end up with Chris, Chris Archer. My thing is this. Again, as we talked about yesterday, if you do that, let's say they win tonight and they split over the weekend. They get six points out of this road trip, which I think everybody would sign up for right now. For sure. Okay? And then they take care of business at home against those two teams that you just talked about. Um, so you're talking about, you know, a week from now, they got 10 more points than they have. So that puts them somewhere where they put 72 points. That probably puts them somewhere close to the playoffs. Okay. So 72 points. My thing is this. If you are going to actually say, we think we can make a playoff run, then you have to make a couple of hockey trades that are going to give you the opportunity to go there. And, and here's the thing, everybody looks at trading Jake Gensel as, well, you're giving up. I don't necessarily know that I do because I think you can get some good pieces for him. And to me, you don't have much prospect-wise. You don't have much draft capital-wise, right? So if you're going to make tra- trades, if you're going to make trades to improve your team, there's a couple of different ways you can do it. You can do a trade where, you know, and they've done this in the past, Guy is either unhappy here or a little bit underachieving. Trade him for a guy on another team who, you know, has been better in the past but is either underachieving or not happy with his role there. Hope that you bring him here and a change of venue helps both guys, right? That That's one way you can do it. Or, as you've talked about, you gamble. 
and you trade maybe a Tristan Jari, right? I hope that you're, uh, you know, hope that you're good enough there. Uh, and 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 then you say, okay, we're going to trade Tristan Jari and turn him into a couple of of, of younger players who maybe are better or whatever. Um, you trade a guy like Gensel. I, it's just th- there's not much you can do to improve the roster unless you're willing to change it. And that means trading some guys. And me- and the thing about it is, even though it worked out in the Carlson deal, for the most part, you're not going to be able to trade your bad guys for their good guys. So you're going to have to, you know what I mean? You're going to have to try and change the roster somehow yeah. by using the players you have that might actually bring back somebody else. Well, here's the thing about tonight's game. If Seattle is suddenly playing well again, they beat the Islanders in overtime. They won at Boston. They got a point against Detroit. They beat Vancouver. They lost to Minnesota, and then they beat the Bruins again. Not many teams beat the Bruins twice in Vancouver in a week and a half. So they're actually playing well right now. This is going to be a very interesting, very telling game, I think, for the Penguins. And I think there's guys on this roster who have a lot more to give in Raquel, who suddenly has three goals, I think four points in the last two games. Malkin, clearly. And he showed signs of life. I think these guys, the younger guys on his wings, have injected life into him. He actually directed seven shots at the Vancouver net the other night, which is a bonanza for him. Then Carlson is one. Riley Smith is another. Like, my original point a week ago going into this deadline is they have they have what every other contending team wants, a, a lot of good hockey players. Right. So why hasn't it worked here? Is this is this right before last call? Is it going to start to work here? I don't know, but they got a lot of good players. One of the things I think that, that one of the things, like I said, it's it's so strange with, and it seems like this is more the case in hockey than any other sport. Guys somehow find the wrong fit or the wrong team, yeah. and good players turn into just sort of sort of marginal players. It happens more in, in hockey. I don't know why. I guess because it's more of a you know because of the system that or the way that the way that the sport runs, the way that it's played. But it's imp- incredible. Like for instance, who is the Kraken's leading scorer? Is it McCann? Yeah. I don't know. Yes. Is it? Yes. And my point is, you know, some guys just fit in better elsewhere, and fit some. So that's why I said, if you're going to try and change the roster at the trade deadline. Say you say, okay, you're you're uh, Cal Dubas. Okay, you guys have convinced me by the way that you played in that road trip and the way that you finished the, you know these last ten games or whatever. You've convinced me that we need to really try and and take a run at the playoffs. The thing the thing you have to do is okay. Now, how do you change the roster? And and one of the things that is 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 unique sort of about the Penguins. A, you've got a lot of guys that you can't move on from because, or you can't move because they've got contracts that you can't move. And B, you don't have a ton of prospect and draft capital to trade away, so you have to make almost you almost have to make hockey trades. Yeah, if you're going to if you're going to deal, you do have assets and those are good right. players, but it would be really nice if those good players played good here. And here's another guy, Paul, who's really important to this team, and it's Achari. If you look at their record with him in the lineup, and there's a lot of factors that go into that, I know. But this guy was was like sacrificing his body 
on the penalty kill the other night the way Nick Benino used to do. Like he would, he doesn't care if his leg gets shattered by a puck. <laughs> He's coming out for his next shift. He's really important to them. They won five in a row with him in the lineup in early November. In his six starts in December, they got a point in every one of them. They went 5-0-1. They've won five games in a row again with him in the lineup now. His past five games that he's played, they've won every single one of them. He's important, and he's missed. How many games has he missed this season? Like 15, 14 games? So, I don't know. I'm happy I'll be watching a game that has implications one way or the other tonight. You know what I mean? No, absolutely. It's going like to be pretty said, riveting. And like you said yesterday, the one thing the Penguins have been is entertaining. And well, yes. Recently. Recently, yes. yeah. Over the past two weeks. They've yeah. been re- and, and, and the thing about it is, what's, 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 if ever there was a year that it really was great that the trade deadline was a little later, it was this year because I think Cal Dubas needs every single game he can possibly get to properly evaluate what he has before he decides what, what he's going to do at the trade deadline. I don't think it's as simple as, and again, I think a lot of people want it to be you know simple. I don't think it's that simple. I think it's complicated in many, many ways because of sort of where they're at with a lack of prospects, a lack of draft picks. If you want to add – you're going to have to get rid of somebody. And, you, and, 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 you know, maybe it's Jake Ensel. Maybe you trade him and you get a couple of younger players and you're able to, you know, boost your, 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 bottom, your bottom six a little bit and the chemistry works a little bit better and change. You know, I mean, you're going to have to make a bold move of some sort if you want to try and get better. Everybody thinks, well, you trade these guys, it means you're quitting or you're, you're giving up on the season. It, it might be you're just trying to change the roster enough – that okay now we've shaken it up enough that maybe we you know we've got something and we catch lightning in a bottle. That's- yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Just just because you trade Gensel, I don't think that means you're punting on the season. It depends on what you get back. And again, they they have there's good players here that when they're relatively healthy, which they're not right now, I get it. But guys like Raquel, Gino, Riley Smith, Carlson, those are four really good hockey players. If they're playing well, they can win. None of those Raquel, guys, Raquel, none of those guys, has met expectations. Yeah, Raquel here has been a mystery season. to me. Raquel has been a mystery to me. I, I don't understand why he hasn't played better. Maybe now's the time. Yeah, yeah, I'm he's, just it's been weird watching it's, him. It's this just year. I don't, I don't know, I don't know what he's doing out there after 28 goals last season. All right, I want to talk to Paul about this. I've been wanting to talk about this all day because he's the perfect guy. How many teams are we getting to here? Now now there seems to be momentum for 14 teams in the college football playoff. We'll talk about that next. 50-minute mark on the fan brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Jeep Dodge. Route 19 in Peters Township celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. Hotline presented by Sullivan Super Service, Pittsburgh's trusted plumbing and HVAC provider for over 50 years. We'll do some predictions. We're definitely going to do techs in the city for sure. And city limits, uh, if we need it, do you have this latest version of Paul Thinks Incrinculently, PTI? If we need it, I got it. Of course you do. Of course you do. Fan weather brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. Check out special financing for qualified buyers on new Silverado 1500 trucks. Sunny and cold today. Going to get warmer, maybe a lot warmer over the weekend. 
It's the Joe Show with Paul Zeiss. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.